This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Should you be buying the Seattle Seahawks offense this offseason? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL, And when you enter promo code NFL, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler just like this one with every single order. Again, that is birddogs.com slash NFL. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuke. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuke. Kate, today we are talking about the Seattle Seahawks, who are one of the most interesting offenses in the entire league. Who is the one player that you want to be buying from this offense? Marcus, this one is like kind of a no-brainer, but at the same time, I kind of want to buy everybody because this is – such a good, good, productive offense, but it's got to be Tyler Lockett, who just year after year is one of the most consistent producers in all of fantasy football. And year after year continues to be underdrafted for why I don't understand uh, right now on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, Tyler Lockett being drafted on average as wide receiver 46. Yes, I know he is uh, 30 years old. Yes, I know. Uh, They just drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba, but like this man has had four straight seasons of 1000 receiving yards, five straight seasons of eight or more touchdowns. What is there not to like about Tyler Lockett at his current price? Because it doesn't feel like there's, there's any risk and there's only reward as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, he costs nothing to acquire right now, and you know what kind of production you're getting, and it sounds like Tyler Lockett's still going to be on the field in two wide receiver sets and three wide receiver sets. He's going to play more of the boundary role, which should mean you know more targets down the field, which leads to more fantasy points. I mean, maybe there's a, a, a slight drop in the target share in this offense, but we, we've seen in the past he doesn't need a lot of targets to be fantasy relevant. And again, if it only costs you, you know, drafting him behind guys like Rashi Rice and Cortland Sutton and a washed up Keenan Allen, like this is this seems so easy to me. It seems so easy because it is so easy. I mean, the the trade market right now for Tyler Lockett, and I do think, again, I think a, a lot of this is like symptomatic of the fact that this team just added a, another wide receiver in the mix, but like. When you're looking at some of the trades, Tyler Lockett for the 311, 409, 411, 509, 511. That's literally a, a I get it. Like you're you're throwing away five That's the dart throws. Of draft picks, right? That's a poo-poo platter of draft picks. And yeah. instead you get like even if Tyler Lockett, you know, performs as a low end wide receiver too, 
he's one of these guys that you can throw into your lineup and literally set it or forget it. Tyler Lockett or Ezekiel Elliott, who's not even signed to a roster. I I saw that trade on Dynasty League football, and it's still bonkers to me. Like, come on. Like, what are we doing? What, um, like, is there anything? Because honestly, I mean, this has been a thing year over year, right? Like, it's never like Tyler Lockett is this sexy sexy prospect in dynasty it feels like every single year uh you there's not a ton of movement it's not like he's ever a hot item but again year after year he he continually produces so what is why is the market suppressed for tyler lockett i i I don't know maybe it's just because of the upside right like he's just never going to get 140 targets in this offense and he might even struggle to get to 100 targets in this offense but we know his efficiency but again, if you are a team that's trying to compete at least a little bit this year, I think Lockett's like the perfect guy to go out and add if you need help at like wide receiver three. Like if you have an anchor wide receiver like Justin Jefferson, but you're just a little bit unsure about some of your other young receivers like let's say you have Rashad Bateman and you're hoping Elijah Moore breaks out or you've got whoever, pick your name, George Pickens, but you want some more stability. I think that's what Tyler Lockett can do and it doesn't cost you – Hardly anything to go out and get him right now. It doesn't at all. Uh, You're looking at an offense that scored the ninth most points in the NFL. That's more points than the Miami Dolphins, the Los Mm -hmm. Angeles Chargers. You're looking at an offense uh, where Geno Smith, out of nowhere, it feels, uh, threw 30 passing touchdowns. Like This is a productive offense. Obviously, we know Pete Carroll loves to run the ball, but I do think that you know Geno Smith and the level of of efficiency that we saw last year out of this team. It, it bodes well, uh, top yep. 10 in yards per play. Like they're, they're very active on offense that is conducive to scoring points as we saw last year. And th- like, again, Tyler Lockett for the price, you really can't get much cheaper production and consistency at the wide receiver position. And I just think he's one of those guys that, clicks really well with Geno Smith. Like we were worried at this time last year, like, Hey, the connection with Russ, it was so good. They were the most efficient wide receiver quarterback pairing in the league. What's it going to look like with Geno Smith? And we saw it. It was just as good as ever. And I would imagine now that we're going into year two of the Geno Smith, you know, era in Seattle, I would expect it to only be better. And with the way that Tyler Lockett plays where he doesn't really take hits I know some of the yards after catch stuff isn't pretty, but it's because he's trying to protect his body. The age will probably scare some people, but it really doesn't scare me. I mean, I I, I think he's going to be somebody who ages pretty well, you know, in 30, 31, 32 years old. Yeah. And I, I mean, Marcus, from the, the fantasy football perspective, like you mentioned, maybe doesn't have like the highest ceiling in the world, but has had a hundred plus targets in each of the last four seasons. Hasn't finished below wide receiver 17 since the 2018 season like this is a a very productive wide receiver um had a 108.6 uh nfl passer rating when targeted last year with geno smith um just was you know he he's tyler lockett and week to week Again, he's one of these guys that I think, you know, you acquire him, right? And then you just leave him him in your starting lineup because you're going to get anywhere from wide receiver one to probably wide receiver three production. Had just three games last year, 
or he didn't finish at at least as a wide receiver three. And that's incredible. And again, I'm, the, the, it's really the price here. And this is why we're recommending him so much. If you just need a solid option, you can get one of the most stable receivers in the league without paying a top 45 wide receiver price. It's incredible here. Yep, absolutely. Um, go trade for Tyler Lockett yes. now, yesterday. Okay, uh, let's talk about who you should sell from the Seahawks team because there aren't a lot of players that we really want to get rid of kind of on this offense as it starts to really climb up. But there is somebody who I think is a bit overpriced right now. We will get to him next. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look so good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way, way better. Uh, they fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, uh, stiff restricting cotton. Bird Dogs has fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. I know I absolutely love them when I go out at the golf course. They're just the perfect golf shorts. I love the sweatpants as well. Please go check out the sweatpants. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNFL, you can get a free Yeti-style tumbler, just like the one you see here, with the order. That is birddogs.com slash NFL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We want to thank you for making this episode uh, your first listen of the day. Kate, you and I back on Monday to continue our divisional series, so make sure you guys tune in for that. But, Kate, let's talk about the one player for the Seattle Seahawks that we are selling, and I've got a feeling it's coming at the running back position. Yeah, this. I mean, this one hurts. Let's just be clear. This one hurts my soul. Um, it's Kenneth Walker who, you know, just – Overall, I'm I'm not out on, just to be clear. But I do think when you're looking at his current dynasty value, all things considered, he is a sell. The price point is just so high for Kenneth Walker right now. Well, this continues with our theme of the offseason, right, which is every running back is a sell going into this offseason. So please yeah. continue. It, I mean, it, it is. Like, that's exactly what this is. But, I mean, just o- overall, right? Like, Kenneth Walker, I'm still probably going to draft him in my redraft leagues. Uh, but the big elephant in the room here is, of course, Zach Charbonnet, who loved coming out of UCLA. And I almost, almost loved him. Yep. I, I almost fell out of my chair when he made his way to the Seattle Seahawks. Like, I was devastated. Absolutely devastated. But it, you look at you know, the, the offense, it's going to be productive, but Kenneth Walker right now being drafted on average as the RB seven in dynasty startups, despite Charbonnet being there in that offense, despite the, the high end draft capital, like this isn't, um, you know, a, a fifth round running back that they, they threw into the offense, but like he's elusive. He's just, he's, you know, explosive posted a 37 inch vertical, 122 inch broad jump. Like he's pretty darn good. Um, like for a guy, you wouldn't consider a top end athlete. Uh, he's productive. Uh, he can be a goal line threat. Like, and you know, I, I, I think he is going to eat into that workload. I really expected the value of Kenneth Walker to decrease a little bit. Uh, just 
with the knowledge that Charbonnet was there, led the team in 2022 with 228 rush attempts, translated to the RB18 in full PPR scoring formats, had 84% of the team team's rush attempts inside the red zone in 100 attempts, uh, 100% of those teams rushing attempts inside the mm-hmm. five. Like, you can't ask for better, but I'm sorry, Zach Charbonnet is going to eat into some of that. Like, drafting yep. Walker as the RB7 feels irresponsible for your dynasty rosters. So usually when a team adds a running back, I, I don't mind if it's like the workhorse back and the team drafts a scat back to basically do some of the passing down stuff. I do get concerned when it's the other way around and a team adds like a between the tackles banger, right? Because I think that's what Zach Charbonnet's role is going to be. And I just wonder is he going to be the guy that's eating into the goal line touches? Because if he is, just what what would Kenneth Walker have to do to give you that type of value? Because I think he's a good receiver, but the drafting of Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of signals to me that maybe they're going to throw the ball to the running backs a little bit less. And if he's not getting the short, you know, one yard touchdowns, then Kenneth Walker is going to have to break a lot of long touchdowns, which we did see him do last year. Like he was fantastic at that. But if you can't really bank on that touchdown production, you're going to see his value just crater. And that's what's so tough here because I love Kenneth Walker. I think he's an awesome player. He's such an awesome player. And I do think he is one of the best running backs in the NFL right now. Like there's, there's so much home run hitting potential. So like the thing is about Kenneth Walker, like, I, he's going to be on plenty of my best ball rosters because it only takes like one, one carry. It Which he did last carry. year. It happened yeah. a lot last year. So, like breakaway run potential for days thanks to his speed. Um, so like it's not necessarily that you're expecting Kenneth Walker to get, um, you know, 275 touches. Like that's not yep. necessarily what you're expecting out of Kenneth Walker. But what I do think is like you're probably – you're not going to see him do much better, right? Last year saw 255 touches, 1,200 scrimmage yards, nine touchdowns. Do we think that production is going to increase with Zach Charbonnet? I don't think so. And that is what makes him a screaming sell for me at RB7, even though I yeah. love the talent. Uh, let's go through some players that are being drafted behind him in your uh, startup drafts. Uh, 23 overall right now, according to Dynasty League Football. Uh, we've got Cooper Cup, wide receiver, tw- or excuse me, 28 overall. I'll take Cooper Cup. Devontae Adams, 29 overall. Adams. Tony Pollard, 34th overall. Mm. Oh. Oh. I, that's tricky yeah, for me. That, th- one's, that one's harder for me. I probably take Walker there. Uh, I, for me, it's the receivers. If you can get Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba is going after Kenneth Walker. Devo Samuel, I, I just would rather take those receivers than a running back who could very well be in a timeshare. Uh, Kate, I've got a couple of trades courtesy of Dynasty League Football. I just want your thoughts. Kenneth Walker for Drake London in a start six wide receiver league. Drake London. Kenneth Walker for Jahan Dotson in a 2024 first round pick. I'll probably take Dotson in the first, depending on – Depending on the first, if it's projected to be closer to the top end, I'll take that. If not, I'll take Kenneth Walker. Okay, here's one that's a little bit interesting. Kenneth Walker for Cordero Patterson, whatever. Uh, the 112, the 212, and the 312. 
I'll keep Kenneth Walker. I, I, I think I you agree. can get more. That's that's the one where it's like you know I'm not going to get a better player. Maybe you luck you get Zach Charbonnet, but I'd rather just have Kenneth Walker straight up over Zach Charbonnet. Uh, last one, Jamison Williams and a 2024 second round pick for Kenneth Walker. I'll probably keep Kenneth Walker there. I agree. So there are some moves out there. If you can get a first round pick for Walker in next year's draft and another asset, that's what I would recommend doing. I would flip him for a receiver that's of comparable value. Uh, we mentioned Drake London. We mentioned Cooper Cup, Devonta Adams. I would do that all day long. But this is tough because I, I think if if the Seahawks didn't draft Kenneth Walker, I think we're ranking him as a top three or four dynasty running back. And maybe maybe that's what you should be doing. Maybe we're overreacting to the Zach Charbonnet selection too much. I don't know. I, if it were really probably any other running back, even if it were Kendra Miller, Gibbs, like I, I would have preferred Jameer Gibbs to be in this would, situation. Cause I, I can profile Gibbs as that receiver, let, you know, Kenneth Walker have that first and second down goal line work. It's just that like, it feels the skill sets, uh, even though they're very different players, what they're really good at feels duplicative and it yes. feels, it, it feels really difficult to, to project because of how similar these guys can be like in, yep. you know, maybe, maybe Charbonnet does the, the yards after contact while, while Walker doesn't get contacted because of his speed. Like regardless um, you have two really, really talented running backs. And I don't think Kenneth Walker, as long as Zach Charbonnet is healthy is going to, to exceed the expectations he already set in 2022. Uh, all right, okay, let's talk about another wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks that we haven't mentioned yet because uh, I think we both have some interesting thoughts on him. Let's get to him next. All right, Kate, we're talking about our dynasty hold here for the Seattle Seahawks. You and I both agree that DK Metcalf is a hold. Why is he a hold for you? He's just hard to read. Like this is a player that has, uh, I think we all know, absolute tremendous, tremendous upside. Like, you know, it, you know, with DK Metcalf, the prospect you're getting, you know, uh, the ceiling. But there is a lot of, I, I'd say, variability week to week in terms of like that that consistency profile. Like we talked, we praised praised Tyler Lockett for his consistency. DK Metcalf, I think, gives you a little bit more of that surprise on a week-to-week basis. You know the ceiling is, uh, you know, top 12. But, you know, week 17, uh, let's talk about that week, that one week you were counting on him more than any other week for your fantasy championships last year. Five targets, one reception, three yards, finishes the wide receiver 101 in your fantasy championships. He can lose you a week. And for me, when you're looking at the price tag, I'm not, I, I don't want to invest in, in, you know, that, that kind of variability on a week to week basis, even though the ceiling's high, I don't know that the ceiling's high enough, especially given the number of weapons in this offense to, to have me buying in. Yeah, he's tough. Uh, I will say I, when we were prepping for this show, I was going to make DK Metcalf a sell. Like I kind of just wrote in my notes, I want to buy DK Metcalf. And then I went and looked at his price and he's being drafted as wide receiver 11. I, I fully thought he was going to be 17, 18, 19. 
But wide receiver 11 is kind of high. Now, that doesn't mean that I want to sell him at that price because, and you still look at the stats, so the first four years of his career, I mean, he's averaging, you know, almost 1,100 yards per season and nine touchdowns a year. And he's 24 years old. Like, there's, or excuse me, he's 25 years old. It's, there's just not a lot of guys that, that can do that. And he doesn't really miss time. He's this downfield receiver who can, you know, win you a week at any time. He's played in every single game. But again, it's not like I want to go out and buy him necessarily either at that price because, I mean, if I'm going to pay basically top 10 wide receiver price, I want somebody that can consistently get me 1,200, 1,300 yards with 1,400 yard upside. He just hasn't shown that he can consistently do that yet. Yeah, it back in 2020, his sophomore season finishes the wide receiver seven, uh, posted 83 catches, 1300 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns, which like if you can get that on a season by season basis, fantastic. Um, but over the last two seasons, like just feels despite the fact that like the stat sheets beautiful last year, 90 receptions over a thousand receiving yards, six touchdowns. It was a good year for the Seahawks finishes the wide receiver 14. So like, you know, 2021 wide receiver 15. Like it does feel like you're, you're still paying the price that you might've paid like in 2020. When he was Uh, wide receiver one, like legitimately he was the wide receiver one in dynasty leagues. Yeah. And like, it, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you. I thought that there was going to be better value to be had here for DK Metcalf, but like the talent profile, I think in, in the, the, athletic profile it all makes it too hard to sell him at this point because the upside's too high to sell at this price let's run through some trades just to kind of gauge the market right now all these courtesy of dynasty league football dk metcalf for t higgins metcalf i'll take higgins there uh dk metcalf for jahan dotson josh palmer rashi rice i'll take metcalf i'd take metcalf as well dk metcalf for jameson williams and the 108 Ooh, um, I'll probably take Metcalf. I would take Metcalf as well. DK Metcalf for Travis Etienne. I'll take Metcalf. DK Metcalf and Kendra Miller for Chris Olave. I'll take Metcalf and Miller. So I think you're maybe a little bit more of a buy. See, I think I would take Olave in that one. I think you're a little, you're more leaning towards buying Metcalf than I am, just based on some of these trades. Uh, but again, I think he, he's a difficult one to value at wide receiver 11. It's just, it's such an interesting spot for him. It's a very interesting spot. Um, and, and I think again, for, for what you're getting out of the prospect for the ceiling you're getting, it is, it's very hard to, to, to sell and, and to let go of that upside. Cause, uh, you know, I, I think looking at the list of recent trades, like it's really hard to imagine, you know, Jahan Dotson or like any of these players really having as much upside as you're going to get yep. from DK Metcalf. But ugh, it's, it's I, I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised though if we get to basically the end of summer or right before the season starts, and Jackson Smith Ajigba is the highest uh, ranked and highest drafted Seahawks receiver. I won't be it surprised. Surprise. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. And uh, you know what, like. The the thing is, like, this is going to be a good offense. I think, you know, Geno Smith, absolute breakout season in 2022. Um, I, I 
I think the weapons they put around him make it so that, you know, it's, it's pretty conceivable to, yep. to see him maintain that sort of uh, level of efficiency. He's just got to put the pieces together, but I think there are going to be plenty of points to go around. Yep. It's just about, you know, with that, that knowledge, I kind of want to just find the value because I think everybody's going to eat in this offense and I'll take the, the least expensive eaters, if you will. The last question I have for you, because I've actually had this same situation come up in a bunch of the underdog drafts that I've done. DK Metcalf and Drake London are basically being drafted right next to each other in redraft leagues. And in dynasty leagues, they're being drafted right next to each other. Uh, one is wide receiver 11. The other one is wide receiver 12. How, what are your thoughts there? Because I think that's, the, that's one of the you know, interesting spots where Metcalf lands. Do you take somebody who is already more established, still young, or do you look for the upside in Drake London, despite some unknowns at the qu- the quarterback spot? I think just based on passing volume, I lean towards DK Metcalf. Um, and that's sort of the, the only real tiebreaker I'm using. Like I, obviously looking at uh, last year in terms of, passing volume I think the Seattle Seahawks kind of surprised me ranked 15th in pass attempts 573 attempts on the season Um, whereas the Atlanta Falcons we know what the focus of this team is um, had just 415 pass attempts last season I don't really think that increases exponentially maybe slightly just given the the knowledge that you know Desmond Ritter is going to take uh, hopefully a step forward but we know the Atlanta Falcons are going to be focused on the run um that's where i give the the tiebreaker here to dk metcalf and like let's see what this guy can do i'll take drake london just based on potential volume right because he could just be the only receiver that eats in that offense so uh difficult i want to hear your dk metcalf trades please send them to me at marcus underscore Mosier or at kate magic we would love to hear them uh we want to let you know that on monday show kate you and i are going to be talking about the buffalo bills and who we'd like to buy, sell, and hold from that offense. Got some spicy, spicy takes that are ready to go for that one. So be sure you tune in. We are free and available on all platforms. Check out our show on YouTube. Again, go follow Kate on Twitter, at Kate Magic. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll see you right back here on Monday.